Hi, I'm Pastor Adam, and you're listening to the Orange United Methodist Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that wants to help you find your place in God's story. And we hope this sermon can guide you along that journey. Visit orangemethodist.org to find out more information about location, service times, upcoming events, and ways to give. We hope you enjoy. Good morning. My name is Sarah Miller. I use she, her pronouns, and I am the associate pastor of youth here at Orange. And I'm grateful for each of you to join you in community this morning. This morning's scripture comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 35, verses 1 through 10 in the New Revised Standard Version. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are of fearful heart, be strong. Do not fear. Here is your God. He will come with vengeance, with terrible recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. For waters shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool and thirsty ground springs of water. The haunt of jackals shall become a swamp the grass shall become reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there, and it shall be called the holy way. The unclean shall not travel on it, but it shall be for God's people. No traveler, not even fools, shall go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In our scripture this morning, God's people are yearning for Zion, a place of peace and safe refuge where they have been displaced. The prophet Isaiah is proclaiming that this refuge is coming as God brings restoration to God's people. God is calling them home. It's a promise. In this vision, we're given beautiful images of restored earth and a restored people where sorrow and sighing shall flee a just world with everlasting joy. It sounds so wonderful. And yet, to me, at least, it feels like a fairy tale in comparison to the world we live in today. Something nice to imagine as a poetic stress reliever, but certainly not realistic. Sometimes I wonder how biblical prophets were received in their day-to-day -day life. Like, I wonder if Isaiah's friends rolled their eyes or exclaimed, here he goes with another one of his visions. 
Maybe it's the cynic in me who thinks there had to be at least a small group of people whose lived experience made visions like this questionable at best. And yet I also imagine that for others, this was balm for their weary soul. Those who'd been displaced and without and afraid. The reminder they needed to keep going despite the odds they faced. Between those begging for this to be so and those rolling their eyes at something seemingly impossible, lies a God with something up their sleeve. Isaiah is known as a prophet, meaning prophecy was a gift of his. Prophecy is the calling of us back to God's intention for the world, which is abundant life. Prophecy is not the prediction of the future, but instead a type of imagination that sees through a divine lens and calls for action from God's people to create that world here with us. It's easy to read passages of scripture like this and think about one grand moment when everything will be right in the world. And yet our examples in scripture and what's modeled by Jesus show that restoration is a process. It's a journey, not simply a destination. Prophecy is about real life right now and the ongoing process of restoration. Jesus came as a human being, embodied to model a life focused on the world right under our feet. Prophetic imagination is the seed of restoration because it's what helps us think deeply and to imagine something beyond the ordinary, beyond normal. See, I I wonder if Isaiah was bewildered at the idea of baby Jesus' arrival his expectations of a God coming with vengeance and terrible recompense. And here's this tiny baby spitting up on himself, God in human form. That even Isaiah, which such a gift, there was still more that he never could have imagined. My hope is in the day that we no longer look at restoration as when things become normal but see restoration as this blooming process that allows us to see the image of God in everybody because the image of God is in everyone. There's nothing that brings me more joy than to think about God restoring, drawing people back into community who have only known exclusion and estrangement. I shudder with excitement. That means that when we face death-dealing systems and structures with the confidence to know that they don't get the last word. Isaiah is declaring the restoration that God has done, is doing, and will do, calling God's people to rejoice in this journey of restoration, not just one moment or a particular expected result. And I believe it's also an invitation for us to join in this imaginative restoration process to help God's will come about to earth as it is in heaven. We need God's restoration in our homes, in our families, our places of work, our government. We need restoration in our understanding of justice and righteousness and peace. 
And even if the thought of this is overwhelming to you, hear the good news. Even the tiniest moments where no one sees or knows, God is present and working towards the restoration in our lives. There's a song that's been playing on repeat for me these days called The Plowshare Prayer. And I want to read a few lyrics as a prayer and blessing of restoration over each of you. As examples of what I mean when I say even in the tiniest everyday moments. I pray that your body gets all that it needs. And if you don't want healing, I just pray for peace. I pray that your burden gets lighter each day. I pray that the mean voice in your head goes away. I pray that you honor the grief as it comes. I pray that you feel all the life in your lungs. I pray that if you go all day being brave, that you can go home and go to bed feeling safe. I pray you're forgiven, and I pray you forgive. I pray you set boundaries and openly live. And I pray that you feel you are worth never leaving. Friends, restoration is coming, and it's happening right now. Seasons don't change overnight. Whole flowers do not appear above the ground before sundown. Rivers do not change course swiftly. Perspectives don't change in an instant. God created day and night, but also dawn and dusk. Don't miss the joy in waiting for the end to arrive, but revel in a God whose restoration has already begun. For as long as we wait for Jesus' birth, this is only part of the story. Rejoice in the big and small ways God shows up and join God in the work of restoration. You and I are co-creators with the creator of the universe. And now it's time that we get to work. May it be so. Let us pray. O oh God of promise, we long to co-create with you. You call us into your unending work of justice and peace and love. Yet this work of restoration, of prophetic imagination, overwhelms us at times. Feels impossible. Let us know your presence among us now. Let us find joy in this process that offers glimpses of you. Strengthen us with your steadfast love and transform our despairing fatigue into hopeful action. Under the shadow of your wings in this hour, may we find rest, strength, and restored hope. Thank you, God, for delighting in us, for forgiving us of our slow action, for your spirit empowering our work and inviting us to create with you the world that you long for. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Please join us again next week. In the meantime, you can find us online at orangemethodist.org.